Good afternoon. Great to be back with uh, Dennis Stewart. You've been away for a while, mate, and so I have I. Have. I have. I've missed you greatly, Mark. So, what is what was your excuse? Because you you pulled a oh, well, I had last a legitimate week. excuse. I I had to attend the University of Technology in Sydney, where I gave uh, four lectures on herbal medicine in a seminar that was sponsored uh, by Blackmores through one of their um, side organisations called Bioceuticals, and so. Um, yeah, it took up most of my weekend. Um, big demand. I'll talk about the importance of the seminar in a moment, which saw many, many people attend, uh, demonstrating the interest still in this system of medicine based on herbs and other old traditions. Dennis, we've got some phone calls. Maybe we might get into those mm, first, day. Of eh? course, of course. Susan, you're in Anna Bay, and you've got a question about evening primrose oil for Dennis today. Yes, that's right. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Susan. Hello. Um, I remember you talking about evening yes. primrose oil for eczema. Yes, yes. I have a granddaughter yes. who's yes. two years old yes. and wondering whether that was topically applied or okay. whether it's orally. Well, in the literature, you can use evening primrose oil um, in, in both ways. Um, in one reference, I can't think of the author now, with very, very uh, small children, infants, it's recommended that it be applied um, via the skin, um, but um, most of the uh, benefit comes from the way in which the herb or the oil is administered orally. Mm-hmm. And in, in conditions like uh, infantile eczema, it has a reasonably good reputation when persevered with as far as calming down the condition, not necessarily curing it, but bringing into the body uh, a substance known as gamma-linoleic acid, which is considered uh, to be associated with, or its deficiency is considered to be associated with atopic eczema. So orally would be the best way, but here again, um, whenever you administer anything, even natural medication or natural supplements to children, it's always wise to get professional advice via your pharmacist, your naturopath, your health food store retailer as to the appropriate dose. Uh, Having said that, evening primrose oil is very safe. I have not seen any instances of serious adverse reactions associated with it, albeit what you call idiopathic reaction can can happen to anyone. I would be uh, enthusiastic about um, giving it a go, but I would run it past um, a health professional in order to get the correct dosage. Good. Okay. Thank you, Dennis. It's a pleasure. Bye now. Bye. Thank you very much for that, Susan. And uh, we're going back to the phone. Steve, you're at uh, Barnsley, and you want to talk about mineral supplements with Dennis today. Good morning. St- afternoon, Steve. Good day. Hello, Steve. Mate, uh, 20 years ago, yes. um, I limped into the pharmacy. <laughs> yes. I was picking up something for my wife, yes. and the pharmacist's wife said, oh, you've got bad knees. Yes. And I said, yeah, cartilage worn away, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And she suggested I have glucosamine. Yes. And I have not looked back. Yes. It is fantastic. I don't doubt that one bit. In fact, I was so impressed um, years ago when I read the research and looked at some of the clinical information that I developed my own product based on yep. glucosamine yep. for my own clinical use. So you've, you've got a, a fan here in as much that your enthusiasm for it, 
I share to the extent that this morning before I left for the program, I made sure that I took my own <laughs> glucosamine-based product because, because I notice, interestingly, I notice when I get a bit cocky and think that, you know, I really don't need to take it. If I'm, oh, yeah. off, if I'm off it for a week, I'm in trouble. Oh, yeah. The other thing, mate, uh, I was getting um, cramps in my calves. Yes. And another pharmacist, this is only a few years yes. ago, um, he suggested uh, magnesium. Yes. And I now take that. Yes. Um, and woohoo, magic. And look, isn't isn't it good to see our, our pharmacists being there at the at the at the uh, shop front, so to speak? Oh, mate, so much giving, praise. Yeah, it's great. What well, I, mean, know. I, I can remember many many years ago, forty years ago. In my opinion, it wasn't like that. Pharmacists seemed to be a bit reluctant then to participate in in healthcare. <laughs> Uh, to yes, the extent right. that they are today, but um, I've had a lot to do with uh, pharmacists over the years. In fact, I taught a whole cohort of them a postgraduate program in herbal medicine here in Newcastle just after the earthquake, and I believe that, yes. that had that had a big impact. I believe in in encouraging some pharmacists to get into herbal medicine out of the supplements, and um, I have uh, just done a seminar in Sydney last weekend where many that were there were pharmacists who are just as keen on the complementary medicine that I represent and who are very, very highly qualified professionals to give the sort of advice that you're speaking about. I applaud them. Well, mate, I, don't, I can't have enough praise for having these, these supplements. Yes. Um, oh, um, but you, you know, you know, I can you, walk you, and you get know, around and all, it's great. Do you, do you know, you might be surprised when I say that there is still considerable antagonism from the conservative, what I call the conservative right wing of, of orthodox medicine to the claims that are made for these substances. Uh, oh. It's still very, very difficult uh, to get the credibility in complementary medicine that we deserve uh, because of some of the objections, the scepticism. That's an opinion I have, the scepticism shown yes. by many who are not prepared to concede that when patients come to them and say, hey, doctor, the stuff that you gave me, it didn't really work, but I went to the health food store and pharmacy and, and I got hold of some glucosamine and I'll tell you what, my, my knees are a lot better or my hip joints are a lot better. Um, oh, I, would yeah. like to th- I would like to think, uh, and I'm sure this is happening, that uh, mainstream practitioners, our good medicos, learn from their patients who vote with their feet and get onto some of these things, prove they work. Uh, hopefully, oh, this yeah. is filtering through. Wonderful. Thank you uh, so much for that, Steve. Dennis? First off, I enjoy listening to the show. I, Thank I you. really look forward to Friday. Thank you. Right, yeah, I, look, I'm a bit overweight, and I've, I've bunged on, on a bit recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've lost a lot of my, my, my mobility through injury. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, just recently, my blood pressure was up a lot. Okay. And I've just started. I've just started these like hot flushes. If I do something, I uh, I get like uh, get hot, a hot flush. You know, and I, I read up a bit on thyroid. I thought it, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's that, but I'm just wondering if there's sort of some natural remedy that okay. I could take to you know. Mm-hmm. I can be sitting there, yes. and I'll just get up and I'll go outside. And next minute, like, and I've got to take off my. Uh, 
the shirt, um, the cigarette, uh, everything, and until it sort of settles down again. Okay. Look, what I would uh, seriously urge you to do is rather than just try this or try that, I yeah. would get the whole thing investigated. There's something going on here that is causing this. It may be associated with the medication you're taking. Your doctor or your pharmacist would be the best to give you advice on that. But don't just say, oh, what can I try or what can I do? A situation like this, mate, go and get it looked at, get it investigated, get a reason as to why you're experiencing these troubling symptoms. Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time. It'll just like you're in a stage. Yes. And I thought it might might have been early stages of a thyroid, you know. Well, be, before you before you uh, before you start thinking along those yeah. lines, get it looked at. If it is a thyroid problem, your doctor would investigate, and it would show up fairly easily on a thyroid function test. So uh, uh, go, go and get that done. Yeah, radio. Okay. Well, I did all that some years ago. Uh-huh. Well, and, some and, years and ago. Was, yeah, and, and it, it sort of just. It, it went away. Yes. And uh, and now the, these flushes are sort of just not all the time, mind you. It's just sort of sometimes, you know. Well, sometimes uh, anxiety, uh, stress and these sorts of things can precipitate weird uh, cardiovascular symptoms. It may even be associated with that. Um, but um, get it looked at. It could be a surge in your blood pressure. But I'm a bit concerned that you haven't had it quantified do so. Thank you very much, Dennis, and great advice. Uh, and uh, back with Dennis Stewart. Mm. In a little while, we'll continue uh, talking about your uh, last uh, last weekend of the conference. Yeah, great weekend. Great weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it up, and uh, I'll excite you and the audience with, with what's going on. Did you have a nice feed while you were down there? Some I did. Eat? Look, I tell you what, mm. any seminar that is promoted and supported by our wonderful Blackmores, they always cater well. They, they always look after you. And, uh, but I mean, I do a lot of work for many companies, but um, Blackmores always look after we your might, belly. We might also find out uh, where <laughs> you're, you're going to be at the same place I am over the weekend, and we'll try another couple of delicacies you're wearing on Saturday. Your you're wearing Not your a chance. Oh, Not a chance. Uh, Dennis, before we get into last week's conference that you were a part of, uh, are you able to uh, just to repeat the name of the herbal remedy that uh, Steve uh, and you take regarding mobility? In fact, it's more of a nutritional remedy. Mm-hmm. What we were talking about, um, uh, what Steve raised and spoke about and what I took up was the way in which a substance, uh, well known in the health industry now, known as glucosamine, uh, usually accompanied by chondroitin, uh, has, in our opinion, significantly helped address conditions such as osteoarthritis. Uh, I indicated to Steve that I... Uh, take my own preparation of glucosamine and, and chondroitin and can vouch for the efficacy of that combination in addressing particularly the symptoms of osteoarthritis. Glucosamine and chondroitin, there are numerous brands in the marketplace. They all pretty well are on the same level as far as dosage is concerned. Uh, all of them are, are, are good products as far as I'm aware. Um, and if I had, was someone, a, a mark that had uh, serious osteoarthritis, I'd be racing to try a glucosamine and chondroitin-based product. Steve also mentioned what is pretty well known now that magnesium does seem to have an effect on the musculature and is very good for dealing with particularly nocturnal cramps. Uh, so those two remedies, 
listeners, if you uh, are struggling with osteoarthritic symptoms and if you experience cramping, uh, try these things. They're readily available from our health food stores, from our pharmacies, uh, reasonably priced, uh, very safe. Always let your doctor know that you're taking them, but uh, I'd encourage you, if you're struggling, to give them a go. Glucosamine, you say. Now, Dennis, that's not the scientific name for the jelly beans at the, the counter of the chemist, is it? No. <laughs> oh, Mark. Oh, dear, dear. You're so trying. Fair enough. <laughs> Susan, you're at Cessnock, and uh, you've got a question for Dennis this afternoon. Hello, Susan. Hi, Dennis. Um, I've had problems with uh, trochanteric bursitis yes. for a couple of years. Yes, yes. And I'm just not getting... Any relief, I'm finding it extremely difficult to sleep. Um, I can't lay on either side. Oh, dear. Uh, and um, what are you doing to manage it, uh, manage it now, Susan? What sort of things are you doing? Uh, I take... Um, I've been taking Nurofen three times yeah. a day. Okay. I take curcumin. Yes. I take fish oil. Okay. Uh, are you using anything topically? No. Okay. Look, I think you might be missing out on on, on something here. Um, you usually find that products that contain uh, what's called the oleoresin of capsicum, if you have a pencil and paper, write that down, the oleoresin of capsicum, products mm-hmm. that uh, contain that, uh, there are a few of them still about, um, have a reputation for sedating a lot of pain associated with muscular and skeletal conditions. Now, let me just explain to you. The oleoresin is the active chemical or constituent from chilli. Now, when it is applied to an area after a number of days, it sets up a blocking effect on the transmission of pain from the site of trauma. And I I can vouch for the benefit of that, and my wife would vouch for it in as much that a couple of years ago, I had a, a a very, very bad shoulder injury, which was very, very, very painful. And the only thing that gave me any relief uh, was the application of a preparation that contained the oleoresin of capsicum. Now, you're in Cessnock. Um, if, if you were to go to Cumberland Street, they would know the preparation that we're talking about, that there are numerous ones of them. Try your pharmacy, but if all else fails go to Bowen's at Cumberland Street, they would stock products containing the oleoresin. Now, for listeners generally, when you are using preparations uh, such as that based on the oleoresin of capsicum, always use it sparingly and cautiously because it creeps up on you. Uh, You can put it on and, and that's fine, but after about 20 minutes, it really starts to warm the area. And uh, uh, don't panic, it usually quietens down a bit, but what it leaves behind is a pleasant relief of the pain. In your condition, uh, that's what I'd be going to. You're using other things, but obviously they're not strong enough. This is a topical preparation, not an oral preparation. I'd be going for a preparation based on the oleoresin of capsicum. Thank you very much, Susan. Heading to Tomago for Greg. And uh, Greg, you want to talk Manuka Honey with Dennis today? Yeah, Dennis. Hello, Thanks Greg. Thanks for taking the call. How are you? Um, I'm looking at buying some Manuka honey to yeah. make it a part of our family first aid kit, so yes, to speak. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've looked on the net, and with so many brands, MDO factors, and price variances, I was wondering if um, 
you're pointing in the right direction. Well, uh, it depends upon what you're, you're wanting to use it for, um, Well, Greg. to start with, cuts and embrasures, okay. and, and, okay. and anything that might come along. Okay. Well, look, um, the, in Australia we have what's called the jelly bush uh, honey. It's uh, an, uh, what I refer to anyways as the Australian manuka, and it compares very favourably with the manuka, manuka that's produced in New Zealand. The r- literature suggests that uh, high levels of the uh, the manuka factor is associated with, uh, how can you call it, better results, if you like, in dealing with, with infection and slow healing wounds. The problem is, of course, the, the higher the grading you go, the more expensive it would be. Uh, yeah. I, I have uh, j- just myself authorised my pharmacist to manufacture for me some uh, honey ointment based on manuka, and um, I know the expense of it, but if you're only going to have it there as a standby, I would suggest that you go for uh, the, the high level of the active, even if it costs you a bit. Yeah. And um, I think that all, all, all companies that make it would be governed by the same parameters. So shop around. Um, yeah. In my opinion, and I've got to say that, any brand is likely to be as good as the next. That's my opinion. It's the level. Oh. It's the level of the active in it, and I'd spend yeah. a bit more in your case if you're wanting to use it in the context of, of wound dressing. Thank you very much uh, for you, Greg. We're heading to Madawi, and Andrew, you will want to talk to Dennis today. Uh, I'm going to see if I get this right. See if I'm, I'm getting on, on this right. Lichen Plana Polaris. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Hello, Dennis. Yeah. How are you? How long, Andrew, yes. How long have you been battling with this, Andrew? Um, probably oh, about a year now. I had, I was initially had a lesion on my head that, yes. uh, that they said was a lichen keratosis. Uh, yeah, lichenoid keratosis. Yes, yes. Uh, and they took a, a biopsy, and that yeah. was what it was. Yes, yes. Uh, and since then, I've lost hair down, sort of on my left side, sort of like where the natural part is, yes. away from the actual. Uh, biopsy, and uh, I had been, I've just been to another, a bloke that did the biopsy again, but I've been to another um, uh, skin specialist that said it is probably lichen plantar pilaris, but yeah. I've lost hair there, and and there doesn't seem to be any any cure, or um, that there was a few things suggested, but um, it, it's, a, it's a bit distressing, and I, that, that supposedly a, supposedly a, a an immune response. That's correct. It, uh, lichen c- conditions are, are difficult, um, and in my experience, not easy to treat. What I have seen um, with a number of lichen categories is that they tend to be self-limiting. They, mm. they tend to resolve themselves in time. Yep. I, I don't yep. think that there's any one uh, remedy for dealing with this, not that I'm aware of. If you're good dermatologists, etc., can't resolve the preparation. They haven't suggested using uh, cortisone creams or anything like that. Yeah, I've, u- I've used the cortisone cream to get, probably get rid of the redness, and I don't think it's I don't think it's progressed anymore. But there's a certain strip of hair that's lost there, and the follicles are, have disappeared. So therefore, the hair won't grow there anymore. Okay. Which look, is look, it's it's, it's interesting in, in the um, in the mineral um, therapy scheme of things. Um, minerals play an important role and um, 
I do a lot with a, how can you call it, a celloid preparation of silica. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a well-known treatment based on silica, usually supported by other uh, minerals, which I have found useful over the yep. years, useful, that's all I'm prepared to say, say in yeah, helping yeah. this condition. I, uh, I would be quite happy uh, to talk to you off air, obviously. Um, yeah. you've got to be, I can't say everything that I'd like to say, but yeah, sure. I think there's a couple of things. That, uh, mineral therapy based on a particular preparation of silica, and also I would be uh, keen to try uh, a cream based on glycotinic acid, which is the extract of licorice, which yep. has uh, served me well. Um, the GA cream, which, which is based on an extract of licorice, licorice GA I, cream. Yeah, I have okay. found it useful over the years for dealing with All many right. of these, how can you call them, um, nondescript or difficult to determine dermatological conditions. So I think... Now, do, I, do I need to go to a compounding chemist for that or do I need to... Look, what, uh, I suggest, what I suggest you do is, is leave your name um, with the um, receptionist here and, and I will personally get back to you and make some recommendations to you. Good afternoon to you, Ursula at Edgeworth. Uh, there's a wart problem for you today. Hi, Dennis. Nice talking to you. Very nice Always to talk to you. to you. You you have some keratoses, have you? <laughs> oh, yeah. The doctors like to see the funny side of it and call them barnacles. Yes. Look, um, they're a condition that many of us will experience, myself included. Um, I'm not aware of there being any safe way uh, within this system of medicine for resolving it. Um, I, I think your doctor would have somewhat of a, uh, how can you call it, a humorous um, approach to it, in as much we tend to get distressed about these things, but they tend to be part of the journey. Um, so I would, uh, my recommendation would be to follow your doctor's advice, uh, which is probably, look, um, these are things that are not going to hurt you, uh, they're cosmetic things. If you're worried about them, perhaps uh, see someone who does a bit of cosmetic work. No, I'm not worried about them. They're just unsightly. Yeah. And the only suggestion that's been made was to freeze them. Yeah. I do have... I, I don't like that idea. I do have another question, if yes. I may. Yes, yes, of With course. the medical, the medical benefits, beneficial levels in um, Manuka, what yes. do we look for? Okay, look... There are various various grades on the label. There will be a manuka factor, um, yeah. a level. And if you go to your health food store or pharmacy, um, you'll find that it's graduated up to a, to a very, very high level. Um, if you're going to use it in the way that was previously spoken about as a cream or a topical application, my yeah. advice is to pay the bit extra and get the highest grade, the highest grade, that's possible to be purchased um, from a pharmacy or health food store. So they will be able to know. They oh, will yeah. know what uh, yes. the look, is. You, okay. you, you do, but look, I could talk about this all day. I have a particular view on honey which questions, which questions uh, this emphasis on, on the Manuka factor. I... I mentioned this, I think, at the seminar that I gave at the weekend in Sydney as part of the seminar, that I was using honey as a topical application to address serious lesions, leg ulcers, uh, serious peripheral uh, problems, 
uh, I was using honey, ordinary Australian honey, in in my own honey ointment, even before uh, the Manuka situation came on the scene. And the results that I was getting then, in my opinion, they're as good as the results that we're getting now using Manuka or Jellybush. Now, I know that's controversial, but I tend to think, I tend to think there's been a little bit of an overemphasis on this. And in my opinion, honey works because it has a complex chemistry, a complex chemistry, which is not dependent upon any one single active principle, but a synergism of all those principles. And what I'm a bit concerned about is that by restricting uh, the benefit, say, uh, of of honey to one uh, outstanding principle, which may only occur in a couple of um, species, I wonder whether we're doing uh, justice to honey per se. Remember, the Greeks and the Romans used honey as a topical application on battle wounds, etc. And they didn't travel to New Zealand to get manuka, and they didn't travel to Australia to get jellybush, but they did pretty well with honey. So I'm encouraging you to go down the pathway of the manuka thing, but I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that the total explanation is locked up. And the good news, Ursula, is you've got such value for money. Two questions for the price of one phone call. (laughs) I have, haven't I? I want to pass this on to my sister-in-law. She suffers terribly from ulcers on her leg. Oh, well, look, let me, just, let me just say, let me just say this, that I could write a book, and one day I might when I've got time, I could write a book complete with photographs of the way in which uh, virtually beyond hope leg ulcers have been resolved using an approach, using an approach based on a particular honey ointment that I developed years ago, which I've mentioned on this program, that it was an old Russian formula that incorporated honey, uh, a bit of um, cod liver oil, and uh, some allantoin. What I have seen that ointment do is little less than miraculous, and I could talk all day about it, but I won't. Um, I would think anyone with a troublesome leg ulcer that's getting nowhere, talk to your doctor quickly and see if they will monitor the application of honey ointment. Thank you very much, Ursula. Uh, Last call for today. Gina, you're at Cessnock and you've got uh, something happening with scarring on lungs. Good afternoon, Gina. Hello, good afternoon. Hello, Gina. Yeah, hello, Dennis. Yeah, this I have the ongoing um, problem on my lungs. This is like a scarring nodule. Yes. Um, the specialist said it is a very tiny um, few of them around. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to um, asking the question what because I have done that been um, taking um, serotide for a few years as well. Buffer. Okay. Look. In yeah. A, in, in a, with, with scarring, uh, generally, we tend to think in our profession of the benefits. Mm-hmm of very, very small, almost microscopic dosages of a substance yeah. called silica. Silica. Now, silica is renowned amongst mineral therapists for helping okay. resolve uh, scarring tissue. Now, there is a herb called horsetail. The herb is called horsetail. We're not talking about the, a horse's tail. We're talking about yeah. a herb called horsetail, botanically known as equisetum. It is uh, how do you spell it, please? Equisetum, E Q U I S E T U M. 
Now, I, I, have, I have used it um, for conditions of scarring um, yeah. in, the, in the fallopian tubes, and also I treated very successfully a, a, um, a vasectomy reversal that uh, was uh, hindering the guy's functioning because of scar tissue. I was yeah. able to help that dramatically by prescribing mm-hmm. a herb called horsetail, which allowed this gentleman uh, to become competent again and, mm-hmm. and, and go on and, and uh, father a child, whereas previously the scarring arising mm-hmm. from his um, vasectomy, which had been reversed, uh, precluded yeah. this. So I know a little bit about the potential of the herb horsetail in a herbal preparation as perhaps a useful agent to address scarring in, in major organ systems. Thank you very much uh, to Gina, Ursula, and indeed, uh, Dennis, all of our callers today as we're almost at the end. We're almost out of time. We are out of time, and we didn't get a chance to talk about that seminar that I attended. We'll talk about it perhaps next week. It's good for listeners to know that natural medicine is alive and well in the practitioner and professional uh, areas, and that large audiences of healthcare professionals uh, come along to hear about the virtues of herbal medicine and mineral therapy, even at this uh, 21st century uh, natural medicine spearheaded by mineral and herbal medicine is still uh, being utilised by healthcare professionals. I'll talk about it if I get a chance next week. And I was privileged to participate and wave the flag for herbal medicine at this uh, conference held in Sydney last weekend. As you indeed do every Friday afternoon after midday, Dennis. So I look forward to be a good chat to have a listen to next week. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.